Welcome back, everyone, and Happy New Year. We're so excited to be back for another edition of everybody's favorite podcast. TV channeling. Well, Happy New-ish year, Tachi. We're kind of already deep into January. <laughs> so, New-ish. I don't know why people do that. They throw away the new year once it you know passes January 10th. It's still you know, <laughs> still the beginning of January, so well, it's still I, I a very the, new I, year. I, I, I think technically the rule is if you haven't seen somebody and you see them, I think anytime in the month of January or so, you can say Happy New Year. But once you're into, I think, towards the end of, end of January, end of February, it doesn't matter if I haven't seen somebody. I can't be wishing you a Happy New Year in June. Happy New Year. No, yeah, it's over. So you missed your window. And it is not the end of January. So it still <laughs> qualifies as New Year, sir. All right. Well, yes. Happy 2019 to all the TV channelers out there. Absolutely. And before we get to it, I'm sorry, I have to ask you, did you make any resolutions? Uh, um, I, re- I have uh, resolved to watch even more TV in 2019. Okay. What about you? I've resolved to keep doing what the hell I'm doing because I was doing what I was supposed to do in the first place in 2018. See, my thing is... <laughs> <laughs> I have to explain really quickly. My thing is resolutions are a cop out because that says you weren't doing what you were supposed to do the year before. And now that it's a fresh new year, you can absolve yourself of any responsibility of not doing what you were supposed to do. So you basically slept at the wheel the whole year. Oh, now I'm going to be a fine and upright citizen in 2019. No, sir. No, ma'am. Green eggs and ham. I did what I was supposed to do. I will say, though, I'm going to continue to do more and greater and better. You know, it's always a striving to be, you know, better. But, you know, I did what I was supposed to do last year. Oh, my God. Your your mother (laughs) is patting herself on the back as she listens to this episode. She did a great job. Because you got schooled, baby. Yes. It is ingrained deep. Deeply. So, <laughs> so with that, I also resolved to make sure I remember to put 20 minutes on the clock, please. Oh, because we are about to review a brand new sitcom, and it is called Fam. Not the Fam, but Fam is short for family, apparently. And it airs Thursday nights at 9:30 uh, p.m. Eastern uh, and Pacific on CBS. And uh, if you're interested in checking out the pilot that we're about to review, you can go to CBS.com. All right. So let me tell you a little bit about the show. Please do. A woman whose perfect life with her fiancé is radically altered when her 16-year-old, out-of-control half-sister unexpectedly comes to live with them. So, Tachi, what did you think of FAM? You know, and you know, whenever I start with, you know. <laughs> oh, that deep pause was, mm. wow. I'm, I'm getting, getting prepared for something deep now. This is what I have to say. I am very spoiled because of these great series that have been coming out on, for example, Netflix, Amazon, Prime Video, Hulu, 
they are really producing some high level stuff. Even on, you know, YouTube, the, the two that we reviewed on YouTube, they're really producing some high level stuff. And then again, you know, one of my favorite comedies is Issa Rae's Insecure. That's on HBO. Uh, but I, I'm, it is so difficult now to go back and review the average sitcom on quote network TV because they often just don't measure up to the quality that we're seeing coming from these over-the-top platforms. I don't know if you agree with me. Oh, all day, uh, every day, and twice on Sundays. Um, <laughs> let, me, <laughs> let me share a little bit about uh, the cast, uh, share the cast off the top. So uh, cl- uh, there's a, the main couple is the star of the show. The couple that's blissful life is interrupted by the uh, wild uh, half-sister. Uh, the first half of that couple is Clem, and it's played by Nina uh, Dubrov, D-O-B. R. Evie, and uh, some of you may remember her from the CW's Vampire Diaries, and I, I remember, so. and I remember her from way back on Degrassi, The Next Generation. Yes! Wake up in the morning feeling shy and lonely. Hey, I gotta go to school. Sorry, keep going. Oh my God, yeah. So I know. I, before anybody calls Shop Detective Services, I know I am too old to be watching Degrassi: Next Generation, but I stopped watching it basically around the time that she left the show. Which, wait a minute, that's sounds a lot pervier than i meant it to anyway (laughs) yeah you didn't clean it up well (laughs) (laughs) the point is do not call any authorities about this anyway so uh she was so people may remember her from that and let's talk about the other half of that couple nick played by tone bell and he's appeared on disjointed and the short-lived kate walsh sitcom bad judge which was also a bad show (laughs) so (laughs) anytime you're beginning your show titled with bad whatever there was like bad teachers because of the success of bad santa everything was bad this bad moms bad dads bad cats bad dogs just like stop it with the bads all right Yes. <laughs> yes. And so um Nick's parents are played uh are, are Nick's parents are Rose played by the incredible Cheryl Lee Ralph. Uh you may know from uh Moesha back in the day and mm-hmm. more recently she was featured on uh Ray Donovan and um his father Walt is played by Brian Strokes um Stokes. I'm sorry, Brian Stokes Mitchell uh, from uh, Trapper John M.D. way back in the day and more recently on Mr. Robot. And uh, Clem, uh, her, that's the thing, Clem, that name, she actually is an old timey prospector. But anyway, Clem, <laughs> Clem's father, Freddie. I'm panning for gold. <laughs> her, her father is uh, played by Gary Cole uh, from Be- from Veep. HBO's Veep, NBC's Chicago Fire, and he did voice work on Bob's Burgers and Family Guy. So he is work in. And then Clem's troubled teen sister, Shannon, is played by Odessa uh, Adelon from Nashville. The show, not the city. Well, maybe she's from Nashville, too. I don't know. <laughs> 
So, so that's basically the regulars on the show. So, uh, so again, I agree with what you were saying earlier. It's hard when you get used to seeing things with really good production values, really great tight scripts, things that are really funny. I mean, like uh, when you mentioned Amazon Prime Video, I am all about Mrs. Maisel. Mrs. Maisel. is just so incredible. And so th- watching like this is such a come down. And to me, what really uh, does it for me that makes it even a bigger come down, I know I, I bitched about this before, and I'm going to have to listen to me bitch about it one more time. Laugh Tracks. Okay, when discussing um, how Clem, uh, uh, Clem and Nick uh, will tell their parent, uh, tell his parents they're engaged at a dinner, uh, Clem says, "You know what? I, my favorite part of the dinner is the carrots." And then she shows uh, her new engagement ring, kaboom! And there's gonna be there. The parents will be all shocked, and the audience was like laughing insanely i'm like it was not that funny can i can i demonstrate mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly exactly was. like they were laughing another example of that was when uh clem says to nick um i get to marry you and be a part of this family how could i be any happier shirley ralph says that's the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. And then gales of laughter from the... Uh, I'm like, who are they on? What are they on? Drugs or something? <laughs> were, are they, were they uh, eating the... uh, uh, What is it? The wall weed? The po- wall, the po- the, the, yeah, the pot nuts or the whatever. The pot yeah. nuts. Yeah, yes. they're, they're pump. Are they pumping in nitrous, nitrous oxide? It was just... it. Uh, so uh, all I can do is focus on the inappropriate laughter of the either fake audience or the real audience that's basically sweetened with uh, additional canned laughter. It was way over the top. And the the cast is very likable. Oh, my God. See, and I was about to say that. Sorry to interrupt you. Oh, no, you but go it's, ahead. It's like they assembled a cast of really great actors but in this particular setting something is not right you know they you've i've seen them in every single thing they've done and it's like they've been great in every single thing they've done but it's like this i don't know and then okay i get it it's supposed to be about nina dobrev as clem and then tom bell as nick uh, and it's supposed to be about their relationship. And of course, the sister's going to come more in. But it was so, uh, the introduction, okay, the parents thing was so, I felt like I needed more of the parents, if that makes any sense. Because if they're going to be central characters, I don't really know very much about them right now. Maybe that was intentional, but it felt like I needed a little bit more. And I need, I do need to say shout out to Cheryl Lee Ralph because she is a member of Delta Sigma Theta, so she is my sorority sister. Yeah, no, she she is everything. And remember, I love her. Remember back in the day when she was doing, maybe she's still doing it, they're just not being televised, but she was used to do these uh, these uh, Diva Simply Singing things. And yes. I think that's where Diva's Live came from on VH1 back in the day. Please bring that back, VH1. Diva's Live was everything. 
everything. They'd have these incredible collections of peep women on stage, you know, um, that you would never see singing together anywhere else. It was an incredible uh, series of specials. Mm-mm. Bring it back. They're, they're not going to bring it back. They're making too much money off of um, people throwing champagne women. in each other's yeah, face. Exactly, and, yeah. and broken glass and stuff. There's no way. There's nothing is sacred. Well, but, somebody um, take the mantle, please. Somebody. There is no music channel that actually plays music, so I don't know who exactly. would actually do this. Exactly. Well, music is not profitable. Look what happened to the uh, music industry. So <laughs> they don't want to go down the same route. But okay, can I tell you something else that doesn't make any sense to me? Oh, please. The estranged father. I don't get it. For him to be such a now, this is the, this does not mean that you cannot be a deadbeat and have and be willfully or gainfully employed. But it just the pieces don't make sense. Where. You, I pictured him some sort of cracked out father somewhere living in the, you know, I didn't picture him being a detective. It okay, just no, didn't no, no, make okay. any sense. One of the jokes is that when uh, when Clem and her fiance come home from announcing their engagement to Clem uh, to Nick's parents, they come home to find that her 16-year-old wild child sis- half-sister, because that's important, they mentioned that several times, half-sister has picked a lock and let herself into their apartment. And um, she needs to crash there because her drug-dealing boyfriend will be there to pick her up the next day. And so... She seems like way wild. And then we learned that, and she talks about how like, uh, well, well, does dad know where you are, where you're going? And she's all like, no. Um, and oh, one of the other jokes for give you an idea of the kind of humor. Um, Nick asked, asked Shannon, that's the name of the half sister. What, uh, are you a sophomore? And she goes, I dropped out of high school. I'm a no more. No more yeah. And then the audience went like, ah, ah, and you kind of like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they were literally falling out of their chairs. They so, <laughs> so. <laughs> it just reminded me that scene. Remember, uh, I keep every time somebody laughs hysterically. That scene on In Living Color, the skit where they were doing uh, deaf comedy jam. And oh, yeah, exactly. And the audience was just was how the like audience would just ridiculous be... having babies and stuff because they were laughing. <laughs> so that's what it felt like. Exactly, just like that. And so. The so shucks about how how uh, well how does dad know that you dropped out of uh, out of school and she goes I just tell him I'm on Christmas break so the idea is and they even do the joke again when she when uh, Clem goes to talk to her, her strange father by the way she told her fiance and his parents that her father and was dead because she's so upset with him and how neglectful he was to her um growing up and so when she goes to see him and she goes did you know that you know shannon dropped out he goes well no because it's christmas break she's on christmas break and he goes wait a minute this is september you're a homicide detective this is why there's so many unsolved murders in new york (laughs) (laughs) because of detectives like that that you can tell you're on when you're on christmas break in september NYPD, you need to release a statement that that the views expressed in the sitcom fam are not necessarily the views of the NYPD, okay? Exactly. So, yeah. So, it doesn't, it feels so uneven and makes no sense that he'd be that neglectful of a father and be a, and be a police officer and, uh, and be a homicide detective and be so clueless. And, and then what's even crazier about that, he's so clueless, but after his daughter comes to talk to, to him, he shows up 
at um uh at Clem's fiance's uh family's house uh while they're having dinner. And so Clem asked, "Well, how did you how did you find you know how did you find me?" She goes, he, and he, his response is, I, uh, "I'm a police officer. I have all kinds of illegal ways of finding out where you are." It's just like he didn't know she was engaged. He, how does he know who uh, just anyway so he just magically yeah, he just showed out, up here exactly he just finds out who he didn't know she was engaged but he finds out where her where her not only where her i guess fiance lives but he finds out where his where her fiance's parents are and shows up there of all the places in the world she could have been he just happens to show up at her fiance where she's at she could be at her girlfriend's house she could be working late she could be anywhere on the in the friggin planet but he shows up at his at the at the at the parents of the fiance that he didn't know about's house i'm just like ah so so there's that another thing i need to just say before the timer because I, I, mean, I know i'm, I'm on the on, on the we're on the clock yes when you have a wild 16 year old half sister and she comes to stay with you of course she's gonna have marijuana laced nuts and <laughs> and of course when she has them she's just gonna leave them out willy-nilly and your super straight lace nyu uh uh professor fiance is going to f- happen upon those nuts and eat them all oh when is he gonna eat them at the least convenient time possible right before you're supposed to go to have dinner with uh your fiance's pa- or your soon to be, your 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 uh your soon to be in-laws parents so now what would you do if you weren't on a sitcom and this happened would you call your soon to be in-laws me like you know what jeff or i'm sorry nick is not feeling well it's getting a little bit of a cold so we're gonna stay home or you know what i just got called by the museum uh, that i work at i'm gonna have to go do some cataloging so can we make it tomorrow night no if you're on a sitcom you show up with your high out of my, out of his mind uh, uh fiance and act like you don't know why he's acting all crazy you know what they should have done was like had them call and they said okay, but Cheryl Lee Ralph, being the mama, says, "You know what? We're just going to take exactly. this dinner over exactly. to there." Exactly. <laughs> she would show up. She'd show up with chicken soup or something. Yes. And then we'd still get the result. That would actually make sense, Tachi. But they don't have to be. They don't have time to be bothered with that. She would just pack. She'd put her her high uh fiance in a cab, and they'd go there, and and he'd act crazy in front of his parents. Just that's the kind of stupid sitcommy thing he'd happen to do. And I, I will say, if nothing else, this this show has given me you know some drop some knowledge on me i learned that if you were insanely high out of your mind a short cab ride back to your apartment will completely sober you up apparently <laughs> i've never been high so i don't know but yeah that's food for thought that well, is because he was all in his right mind after that oh the, literally the moment they get home he's having a discussion about uh, everything with her and he's completely sober when they're at his parents house 20 minutes earlier he's like putting um uh olives on his fingers and looking at his hand and he's completely out of his mind but he's completely sober like 10 minutes later now, you know, okay, here's here's uh, two other things that kind of bother me. I know it's a cultural thing, but, you know, the whole half-sister thing, generally in, I'll say it, in the black community, there's, you don't really do the half-sister thing. It's like, that's my sister. 
you know? And so it's like really painfully obvious that they wrote it and put it out like this, that um, even though I guess they needed that as part of a plot point, but it's like, okay, you're marrying into a family that is uh, of the African persuasion, shall we say? I don't know how they we feel shall. about that. We shall. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know specifically how they feel about that type of thing, but generally when you talk to many African-American families or families of African descent, they don't differentiate like that. Oh, half sister or half brother. That's now my see, brother I'm going to, I'm, I'm this, it's about to get controversial Okay. on TV channeling. Mm. I actually think that the half thing comes to play in some sense, in some instances and in others, it doesn't. I've, I, I've known people that if they have the same mother, they feel like they're full siblings, but if they have different, uh, different dads, that's when the half things will. Now um, that's uh, true too. That's... I mean, um, yeah. So if, uh, yeah. So if, if 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 you are related to somebody who has the same father as you versus the same mother as you, that's when things can get dicey. But the idea is they were raised together by this horrible deadbeat dad, and the it's it's made clear in the pilot that the older sister was kind of the one taking care of the little sister. Right. So the half thing doesn't even make any sense of why, uh, unless they're going to basically add a character later on. They said that her mother, the, the, that when, when your mother died, as in, I guess, the older one, and so I guess the younger uh, uh, Shannon, we can have her crazy druggy, her druggy mom might show up on the show you know weeks from now i have no idea what the point of making the half thing and mentioning it multiple times there's no reason unless they're going to add another character in the future who's shannon's mother that appears out of nowhere um yeah i concur also the fact of there's no way in hell that you can lie to somebody's family like your parent is dead and they'll be okay with it just saying Oh, instantly okay. Instantly, when he finds out that 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 his uh, fiance has lied to him about her her father being dead, he instantly is over it, and uh, apparently his parents are over it too. Instantly, that would have made more sense if it had been a little bit longer. And then, as she's talking with her sister about her past and how you know promiscuous she was and stuff like that, he's cool with it. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> And just like that, we're over this conversation. <laughs> uh, I've been clock blocked yet again. Clock blocked yet again. <laughs> when will you learn, Kevin? Okay, Taji. Well, it's time for me to ask the question that mm -hmm. I love to ask. Mm -hmm. So, when it comes to CBS's fam, not family, fam, because it's cool. <laughs> are you going to keep watching? <laughs> or are you going to change the channel? The save the only thing I can really say that's like I guess nice about this is that all of the people involved, the actors are really good, and I've seen them in other projects, and they're really good. Shirley Ralph is amazing, but in this particular piece, it feels forced. It does not feel it. it it's like it, no, I will not keep watching. I don't need to go on. I will not. <laughs> I, I I will not. I have so. I'm look. I'm trying to be a millionaire. I can't do that if I'm watching this kind of nonsense, sir. When it comes to <laughs> fam, which is cool, are you going to keep watching or change the channel? It's fam like the gram. You get it? It's like so. It's cool. That's what all the kids are saying now. Rubbish. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> 
sense. All right. Well, you know, one thing I, I, I before I give my final verdict, I got to say one quick thing to like, these are people that go run deep, that have deep TV love. One thing that I was always kind of thinking was going to happen eventually in the world of television was Brian Stokes Mitchell. I always wanted him to be in a show where Ron Glass and he were brothers. Yeah. And if anybody, if you've seen both of them, it's just like, why do they, why was that never done? They needed to be on a show together as siblings. That that makes so much sense. As oh my god! You say, know what? And you know what? And if they were, then their wild half brother from out of town, who's a troubled teen, would come to live with them. Oh my god! It would have been wild. It w- who would be the troubled teen? <laughs> I do- <laughs> oh, you know what? A young Will Smith would have been their troubled teen. <laughs> oh, that would have worked quite. That well. would have been a great show. All right, so my final verdict is much like yours. The only thing I actually, honestly, I think I might tune in a few episodes down the road just to see if it gets any better because honestly, sometimes pilots can be really clunky um, because they try to give you a bunch of information. You're right. His parents, Nick's parents are not fleshed out at all. Um, We, we cursely mentioned both what, what Nick does and Clem works at a museum and Nick is a professor at NYU. Nothing more about them. So I, maybe as the show goes by a few more episodes in, it'll get a rhythm and it may be better. But the real hurdle for me will always be the laugh track because Things that are kind of like slightly amusing are okay when you're hearing it, but when you hear gales of forced laughter, it just it makes you realize how incredibly not funny this was. It was okay. It was not hysterically funny. So the cast Lose is so track. Yeah, the cast Lose is so multi camera. The cast is so likable, and I did like one thing. I will say that speaks to 2019 was the fact that this is a, a an interracial couple had nothing to do with the story. Zero. Which is a good thing. You want exactly. that to be saying, normal. If they were both been the same race, they could have had the exact same script. There, nothing needed to be changed. So I loved that. So that was a great part of it. But I, I really, I'm, I'll be changing the channel. But I will every once in a while. I will go back to just, just to see Shirley Ralph for for like you know twenty two minutes, and then like you know I probably have to go again. I hope it gets better. I, I, I do. I and I really, you know, they really should have done this as a dramedy. I think. That oh my been, god, it would have been so much better as a drama. I would have liked better. it. It was an hour long show with no laugh track, and the, especially when you have a a a, a daughter who's a, a half sister who's uh you know dating drug a drug drug dealers and stuff like that. It's like this this needs to be taken more seriously. Lastly, even though I know we're over time, I got to say one last thing. The very last moments of the show, it, uh uh we see. Cheryl Lee Ralph and her husband acting all crazy and then they're like what's going on and then then the 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 wild half sister reveals like oh I gave them I put some I put some uh, pot nuts on their salad I gotta make these uh these family dinners more fun I'm like wait a minute don't you mean fam dinners (laughs) (laughs) Kevin that's your only concern not that you uh drugged he no, but that's, that's another thing. They are so cool about that. And he's just like, oh, you. I'm like, wait, she <laughs> drugged your parents. She drugged your parents. <laughs> we don't know what kind of medications they're on. So it's just like, ah. <laughs> I, I, I'm dying because you said, oh, you. That's so so 1960s television. But that's, but that's how he, that was his reaction to like, the fact that she hey, drugged his hey, parents. Was what? Like, it was. Uh, 
I'm like, come on! Yeah, no. And and just like that, we're done. <laughs> okay, so let's go to the news. All right, yes. It's been a minute since we've done the news, and I'm really excited about this. Yay! So many stories. A lot of stories. Okay, so the first thing we have up is the Critics' Choice Award Awards. That just happened last night. Um, and... There's some, you know, Over the Top has done some some cool stuff in terms of winning. You want to talk about it or you want me to talk about it? Oh, well, uh, name some of the winners because the big thing to me was there were two ties. I actually watched the show. Did you see it last night? I did not. I did not because yeah, I, I, watched... I just like got back in town. So Okay, I saw it. Oh, Miss Jet Setter. Anyway, I just saw it, <laughs> I saw it last night because I wasn't on a private jet like Tachi. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> but if anybody wants to sponsor me, I'd love to represent your private jet line. But anyway. <laughs> wow. wow. Um, there were two major ties. There were, uh, there were ties for, uh, I believe, Best Actress in a Movie for Television. And there were a uh, tie for Best Actress in a Motion Picture. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, I'll, go, I'll, go, I'll go a little further while you look up the winners uh for the no no the... i have the winners i thought you wanted me to okay oh okay for, for 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 best actress the big news was it was a tie between glenn close for the wife and lady gaga for a star is born so that was huge the first name that was read was uh glenn close the the, the nerve-wracking thing about when it's a tie is if you're waiting to, to see if you won an award and you're sitting in the audience and they're like and the winner is for best pot for best entertainment podcast wait it's a tie first one is the first winner is pop culture happy are like oh my god tachi we still have a chance to win and the and the second winner is uh, 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 midnight love podcast i'm like damn it you know so you have to wait even longer to find out that you lost <laughs> So that is that is horrible for those other people who didn't win. So is is, is that common? I I don't no, recall was, this. No, it was not common, and to have two uh, ties was absolute insanity. And the first tie was really fun because the first tie I believe was uh, from uh, I think Amy Adams for uh, uh, Sharp Objects on HBO. Um, I could be wrong about the, her name. Uh, check me if I'm wrong. Uh, and then the uh, second uh, uh, person in that tie was... Yeah, Amy Adams from and, Sharp Objects. And then and, Patricia Arquette. And Patricia Arquette for... Uh, Escape uh, at Denimora. Yes, on uh, Showtime. Uh-huh. It was, what, what was so cool about it, and so like total sisterhood uh, vibe was first they called Amy Adams. And so they were going to let her do her speech and then call And then so Amy Adams was like, no, I want the person, I want, I want the person who won also up here with me. And they actually, they, they called up Patricia Arquette and they were like, they were like holding hands and hugging each other. And then they went back and forth doing their acceptance speech together. And it was just a really sweet moment that I, I, I thought really made the show memorable. And a moment that saves time. 
Uh, oh, absolutely, especially when you have extra winners. And so my favorite part, speak, speaking of time, though, though, Lady Gaga basically showed us just how royal she is because as she was reading her acceptance speech, the piano started playing, and her response was, oh, it's okay, I can keep talking with the piano playing in the background, thank you. And she just kept on talking. <laughs> Oh my God! So another great moment from the show uh, was the the acceptance speech from uh, Regina King uh, for Oh my God! What's the name of that? Be- if Beale Street could talk. Oh, if Beale Street could talk. Uh, yes. For Best Supporting Actress. First of all, if she there's no way at this point she won the Golden Globe last week. There is no way. She's not going to get the Oscar for Best Supporting Actress this year. That is on a lock. There's a couple things became clear last night. She's got that on lock for the Oscars. Another person got it on lock is uh, Christian Bale for Best Actor for Vice for mm-hmm. playing Dick Cheney. That is on lock. He too. He, <laughs> I'm sorry. You know why I'm laughing. Yes, I do. He, <laughs> but, and again, the makeup team worked overtime to make him to turn him into Dick Cheney, and he uh, he won also a Golden Globe last Sunday. Yes, where and, he thanked Satan. <laughs> yes he did the non-cheeto satan he thanked him and yes. then and then also another person we found that has it on lock is is it herschel ali Ma- mahershala ali thank you for, for green for book. green book also i think he's got a lock on uh best supporting actor of uh at the oscars because he also won the golden globe last week so it was a pretty interesting night because of the fact that what i love about the show like the golden globes it celebrates television as well as motion pictures even though i feel like some of the tv people got short trip the people that won for best supporting actor in a movie or miniseries as well as uh the comedy and drama they just named them they did not show the the actual like because tandy newton won best supporting actor and a dra- actress in a drama series for westworld, for westworld and you know right. you know how i'm all about tandy newton and she was so incredible in this season of westworld and the fact that we didn't get a chance to see her radiance glide up on that stage and speak with that incredible british accent we were cheated well you know here's the thing TV is not the TV of old where it's like, yeah, we're just giving, you know, TV is like a contender against movies now, against film. When we're talking about production quality and quality of acting to the point, you know, where besides the fact that they also need to eat, you know, traditional TV, uh, sorry, film actors are on the TV side. You know, exactly. look at what we've been reviewing. And so, but I think that the industry in terms of awarding things still thinks with an old mentality when it comes to that. So for them, TV is still not as important. Never mind that it garners a lot of money. Never mind. They still think with a film status quo. So I think that's where that comes from. What would really annoys me about it is the show was three hours and the first half hour plus was red carpet show where they basically just show the people walking in and talking to them. And it's like, you know what, instead of giving us red carpet coverage, I'd rather see those other people win their awards. So do a red carpet show beforehand. Right. And then have the the hour, the, the time slot for the actual awards be actual awards. Absolutely. But, you know, we all know none of these awards are for us. This is for them. <laughs> it's completely for them. They just figured that they can make money off of the fact that we're enamored by them. 
Okay, okay so, so can is I, it, yeah, go, go, through, go through some of the top winners then. Yeah, that's what I wanted to do. All right, so we can, we would be remiss if we did not mention Sandra Oh from Killing Eve on BBC America for Best Actress in a Drama Series. Have you watched Killing Eve? You know what's funny? I have not seen Killing Eve, and she won the Golden Globe last Correct. week. And I was telling a friend of mine uh, just last night that I just, I wish I had watched the show in a way, but Excellent. another way. But I just, I can't watch any more serial killer things. I'm just kind of serial killer out honestly i i feel i feel you i get you but it is an excellent uh, excellent program all right and then best supporting actor in a drama series noah emmerich for the americans best supporting actress in a drama series tandy newton for westworld as you mentioned best comedy series who else the marvelous mrs Maisel on amazon uh the best actor in a comedy series Bill Hader for Barry on HBO. Okay, speaking of serial killers, that's another thing I, I can't, I, I have been done with for ages. I can't watch wacky hitman comedies. No hitman is, comedies. Is that a hitman comedy? Yes, he's a hit, he's a, he's a hitman who's like, who wants to go into acting and he's going to, he's taking an acting class while being a hitman. He's a hitman by day and a, and a would be actor by night and just like, no. Mm. No. Yeah, doesn't sound like my cup of tea. Hence why I've never <laughs> even heard of it. Um, uh, best actress in a comedy series. We'll go through a few more. Of course, Rachel Brosnahan for The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Best supporting actor in a comedy series. Henry Winkler for Barry. And he was, I don't know. I, I think he, I don't, did you see when he won? Yeah, I don't think that they, sh- they they didn't let him. Oh, the, that's the right, because the it was te- yeah. Yeah, they did not let supporting people uh, show. They, if they did go on stage, they just didn't show it to us, the TV on The TV, okay. And then Best Supporting Actress in a Comedy Series, Alan Alex Borstein from Mrs. Maisel. And so it goes on and on and on. You can actually just find do the, the top. The, what was the top? The, the top mention the top movie and then mention. Okay. Um, already, yeah. Mention oh. the actor was uh, Christian Bale. So we already know that. So, but made what was the, for television or no, the no the the movie movie the regular drama the the movie was uh, Norma picture, Ro- Roma Roma Roma. Roma. Roma on Netflix and Netflix is like, ha ha, I don't need your theatrical release. Take yeah, that. I, th- I think, that, I think how they get around it. I think they have to release it into like one or two they theater, do. theater on think, each coast and they do, they release it. I think they do it for a each. week, right? Yes. Yeah. And then, then it's eligible for uh, Oscar contention. So exactly. So they got around, but they don't care. They're like, they whatever. do not care. They are printing money over there. Exactly. All and right. So, yeah, uh, that was it. Ahead. Okay, so what what's next? All right, so off of the Critics' Choice Awards, on to somebody who needs to be heavily criticized. So if you know the movie Green Book, which was, you know, him, me, me, Mahashala Ali. <laughs> uh, yeah, he just won for Best Supporting for Actor. Best Supporting the, Actor, yeah. right. And Green Book, if you don't know, is actually the story of a... Um, of the father, the writer's father, Nick Valonga, one of the writer's father, who um, takes uh, is hired to drive um, a, the character, the lead character, Doctor Shirley. I can't remember his first name, but I have to look. Um, and to drive him uh, across the country or something to that effect. He's do- he's he's doing a, a concert tour across the American South, right? In the nineteen, I think the early nineteen sixties. Yes, it's very early 1960s. Okay, and this so, is pre, this is pre Uber for those of you who don't know. 
Exactly. But you know what? Here's the thing that that's not so off because it's pre Uber, but that's where Uber started. And all of this, the, the whole concept, I don't know if you know about the whole concept of the green book, but the concept of the green book was made for African-Americans because, you know, black people couldn't stay anywhere or do anything or be. And so if you were an entertainer or you, you were taking your family on a vacation, you couldn't just stay in hotels, especially if you were going across the South. What you had to do was stay in rooming houses houses, etc. But how were you to know? So they came up with the concept of the green book for restaurants, rooming houses, uh, gas stations that were safe for black people to go to. So that's what the green book was. Oh my God. Are you saying that Airbnb is cultural appropriation? It is cultural appropriation. (laughs) And if we knew who (laughs) it is cultural, that and Uber cultural appropriation all day long okay ride sharing and uh, airbnb did not start with you this has been a thing amongst african americans forever because they didn't have a choice and so that's where the concept of the green uh green book comes from um and now so there's this story and Nick Valanga and writers uh, Peter Ferrelli and Brian Curie won the Golden Globe on Sunday for it for best screenplay. And, but they, you know, as people do, they went back through his Twitter. You see people, before you win anything or do, look at your damn social media and make sure, not that you can't pull it up because the transcript is always there. But, you know, most of the time when people get in trouble, these things are still on their social media. So he got... uh outed for a tweet that he made in November of 2015 that said that the person that lives in the White House was 100% correct when he said that Muslims in Jersey City had been seen on television cheering the 9-11 attacks. So that was, as we know, there's no evidence that this ever happened. It is unsubstantiated. Um, obviously based unsubstantiated and untrue and because untrue. The, the idea that there were thousands of Muslims celebrating when the Twin Towers fell and it was on the local news in New York but only Donald Trump and this guy saw it and nobody has a tape of it and nobody that was there um, this is people had cell phones then people had cameras then and nobody has any footage of it but this guy was trying to help reverse engineer and make what, what like lots of things that this guy will say they people try to go back and make what he said that isn't true make it seem true and so that's what he was doing and now that this has come out this is going to hurt his chances uh, and hurt the movie's chance of winning best picture Oscar as well as an Oscar for best screenplay and so please Tachi share the uh statement that he put out after this after this uh, came to light okay so he said after this came to light and by the way this is how we know this is complete rubbish because he never would have apologized had he not been caught oh not even he said i want to apologize I spent my life trying to bring this story of overcoming differences and finding common ground to the screen, and I am incredibly sorry to everyone associated with Green Book. I especially deeply apologize to the brilliant, kind Mahershala Ali and all members of the Muslim faith for the hurt I have caused. I am also sorry to my late father, who changed so much from Dr. Shirley's friendship, and I promise this lesson is not lost on me. Green Book is a story about love, acceptance, and overcoming barriers, and I will do better. 
Okay, now what what bothers me about this apology statement is, I hate it when people apologize without acknowledging what they're apologizing for. What he's apologizing for is lying. It would be one thing if the if if what he he had a statement, a tweet where he said that like all Muslims are bad, and like oh, you know what I've learned that I've met Muslims now, I've learned and I've grown. No, what he did was he said something that was not true, trying to make you know, uh, as you like to call him, Cheeto Satan, <laughs> make his lie yes. true. Yes. And so apologize for what you actually did. Say, I feel bad that I lied about something and I basically besmirched, you know, thousands of Muslim people helping to raise tensions uh, uh, at a horrible time, of uh, hor- most one of the most horrible events to happen in American history. I, I, I try to co-sign on that. And no, he doesn't. He doesn't do that. He gives some flowery apology, and of course, they had him under several uh, sheets, uh, not white sheets, but they had. They had one, <laughs> That's they, what I thought you meant. They that had right? him, In other words, they had him hidden away last night, so he was not at he was not at the awards uh, ceremony last night. And my guess is he will not be appearing at any and any Oscar lunches or anywhere else. They're going to try and hide him away to try and see if they can slot under the radar and still get an oscar for green book i think that that ship has all all the way sailed as well as for best screenplay i still think that uh that uh hershela what is his how's his first name mahershala mahershala's uh a chance to win for best supporting actor is still there i think he'll still grab that award but the the rest of it for the movie um is is dead this is this is how this goes down whenever you have these real life uh based on a true story uh uh you know oscar contenders the competition they dig deep into uh do you remember how several years ago there was a movie called the hurricane uh yes. starring denzel washington yes i remember and it turned out that the, the the that heroic story they were telling and the and the real guy it was based on there was all kinds of stories about all kinds of shenanigans that guy was up to and maybe even like attempting to rape or something all kind of physical abuse all kinds of crap that came out and that derailed that movie from winning best picture uh and i think it also derailed uh, uh, Denzel from getting Best Actor. So they don't play when if there's dirt to be found on these people, even if you, even, but but especially when it comes to these based on a true story stories. If there's things that they kind of clever up and make f- more flowery and kind of you know whitewash, uh, so to speak, people will dig it up. Your competition will dig it up to get a leg up to uh, to ultimately win that gold statue. So the the biggest thing is is okay. Yes, that tweet from 2015. But um, you know, I I could have told you that that um cheap excuse for a Sopranos um extra. <laughs> I, well, you know, I could have told you that, but <laughs> there is there's a deeper story here. So, you know, I live in South Florida. The yes. Shirley's are from South Florida. And I I know one of them, not necessarily quite well, but we're in the same organization. Oh, sweet so, Jesus. OK, everybody, you need to stop playing six degrees of <laughs> Kevin Bacon and start playing six degrees of Tachi. Seriously. I mean, at some point I've touched... S- you know several individuals so here's the thing there's in after a report by shadow and act they revealed that members of the the shirley family have taken issue with several several aspects of green book 
So Shirley's brother, Dr. Don Shirley, who the film was about, Shirley's brother, Maurice Shirley, and the pianist nephew, Edwin Shirley III, said that the movie script was a, quote, symphony of lies. I like how they use musical terms. Here. <laughs> a symphony <laughs> a of lies. A symphony of lies. And they challenged the insinuation that Don Shirley was ashamed of his blackness. <gasps> Whoa! This, so oh, this look, is getting real. No, let me tell because I after I I actually looked at that report, uh, that that article from Sh- Shadow and Act, and they have a video which is on YouTube of an interview of Don Shirley. Now, as you know, back in the day, if you were an artist, you used to be able to live in oh gosh, Carnegie Hall. They had artist lofts like above Carnegie Hall. So if you were an artist, like there were all sorts of, you know, famous musicians and artists that lived there. So he lived in Carnegie Hall forever until, you know, they evicted all the artists because they knew it was good um, real estate. So if you look at that, um, if you look at that uh, interview, if you watch the interview, it's very interesting. And I'll be damned if the man doesn't have a dashiki on. So to be ashamed... (laughs) Of, you know, at this age, you came into the realization of your blackness? I don't think so. That's something that you have from before. So um, they they casted doubt also on framing him and Valalonga as becoming close friends. And they disputed the notion that their relative was entirely estranged from his family. So when you talk to them, they're like, that's not true. Okay. Well, again, it's, it's the term is based on a true story so that's one thing i we we all have to learn but i learned a long time ago that they will do these things called composite characters where it's like we're, are we going to pay somebody to play your aunt your cousin your best friend uh, that were that were pivotal in your real life no we're going to have one actor and they will be your best friend jeff who adopted you and then that basically he, he can be your he's playing your mother your father your brother all in one and so they will do these composite characters and change things and if if, if you went to some place that was too expensive to film they'll change the location where you went just to make it cheaper so this is based i I, I get no i understand that but my thing is they said that edwin and maurice said that no one from the film actually reached out to the shirley family during the production so according to them the family didn't even know a film was being made until um yvonne shirley who was the great niece posted on instagram about it because she found out yeah, probably because you know why? Because they'd, a he didn't want to share a penny of it, and b he he knew that he wanted to make us he wanted to make a story that he felt was the story he wanted to tell, and probably and and change the way his father looked in the story, um, and the idea that if if they actually have this this his father helping this black man to become in touch with his blackness or okay with his blackness or whatever or whatever kind of craziness, <clears throat> excuse me happens in this screenplay i can see why he didn't want to get any input from the actual family oh absolutely because when you don't get the true story then you're not held accountable for the lies that you tell uh i'm not again i don't know for sure what's what i'm sure it will come out one thing i do know i'm saying personally i'm not gonna go see it when there's this kind of controversy around it, if you didn't even take the time, you know, according to them to really con uh, contact and go through the family, like you need the blessing of people when it comes to, I don't give a damn if it's not um, legally contractually necessary because you've changed enough morally and ethically. 
you need to go to this person's family and say, hey, we want to do this. And I know you don't want to share, but now this is why you're in this uh, problem. And now you're probably not going to uh, get the Oscar. How did well, that we, work I think out we, for we, you? We've already established how moral and ethical this man is who said that he also witnessed thousands of Muslims dancing as the Twin Towers fell. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. no surprise the one good thing i hope will come out of this is that it brought attention to this man and that there will be a documentary that tells his real story not Absolutely. some fantasy of who he was and if i'm not mistaken i think there is something in the works now so stay tuned and if they need anyone to do voiceover work <laughs> oh, please all of a sudden i just heard a little bit of bass let us know <laughs> <laughs> i'd be happy to do it i'm sure i'm sure <laughs> all right okay, so Tachi, let's move on next? to the next story kevin hart <laughs> i love the, i love these pauses mm. yeah because i'm like you know how you get kind of tired of this same thing uh, what I don't like is people who don't think. I don't have tolerance for lack of critical thinking. That doesn't mean that you can't m make mistakes. That doesn't mean that you know everything. That's not it. But my thing is, if you're going to get up on a platform and say something, you damn for sure, A, better stand behind it. B, better know it's true. C, if it's not true and you don't stand behind it, apologize the first time and don't have us going through hoops because of it. I, I mean, I'm just tired of stupid people. And and Kevin Hart, I let me, I'm falling short of calling you stupid. Your behavior <laughs> is, is, is stupid. He says that, um, according to the Huffington Post, he feels like um, that he's being attacked. Um, and actor Terry Crews who's actually close, according to Huffington Post with Kevin Hart, has now weighed in on his defensiveness surrounding that uh, the anti-LGBTQ tweets that he made in the past. So he says that he feels like he's being attacked. This is Terry Crews saying this, but the truth is, is he's not. And he says that Kevin Hart needs to acknowledge the pain of other people. Oh, absolutely. The, 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 the whole crazy thing about this controversy is it didn't even have to go where it went. When it, the tweets were initially came out into the news, they resurfaced. Um, he was approached by Glad, uh, uh, a gay and lesbian, transgender, whatever other letters you want to add on to it, uh, organization uh, that deals with uh, the portrayals of uh, gay, transgender lesbian and q i don't know all the letters anyway um the <laughs> the, the the um they deal with the, the portrayals in the media and so they offered to meet with him and he was not having it and when the uh the academy asked him to do an apology he said no i've apologized in the past and he stepped down from hosting he was so upset so there were still qu apparently quiet talks going on to have him come back and so i think the move they were trying to make to make this happen was they had him appear on the ellen show and he had the whole hour and what really bothered me was ellen degeneres referred to people that had a problem with the things that kevin hart had said in the past as being trolls and haters it's just like yeah you can have a problem with kevin hart doing jokes about physically assaulting his child if he suspects his child is gay that yeah we can have a problem with that and the the funny thing about the so-called uh, uh, saying he addressed it in the past don lemon 
Uh, the CNN uh, reporter host of uh, Tonight or whatever I think his show is Don called. Don Lemon Tonight, I think it's called. Yeah, on yeah. CNN. Mm-hmm. He said that he had his team, news team, try to look to find any kind of times where he apologized or said something or addressed those uh, homophobic tweets in the past. They could find nothing. No one else in the media was able to uh, find these where he addressed this. I don't know if he addressed this in his closet no pun intended um or where exactly he addressed it but he didn't address it in any kind of public fashion and anybody had heard and the crazy thing is if you had said something so hateful like he had said very hateful things in the past what is it well how is it gonna what is it gonna cost you to, to say once again you know what i've addressed this in the past but i have no problem saying again i feel very bad about the things i said in the past i realize how damaging this was and hurtful this was to uh people uh out there and i and i apologize profusely and i am learning and growing and that's why you haven't seen those kinds of tweets from me uh for the last like you know eight or eight or so years that's what he could have said but he didn't and the funny thing is the whole thing about having him go on the ellen show as if her because she's a lesbian she can absolve him which is what i think they were trying to do and then she ended up getting a backlash for it and i feel like deservedly so exactly that's like um when omarosa defended cheeto satan yeah, exactly. Like he said something racist and then she comes out like, I'm a black woman, so I'm saying it's okay. And just like, yeah, you don't speak for everybody who's uh, uh, melanin rich. Thank you very much. Sure and don't. so, and Ellen DeGeneres does not speak for all people that are homosexual and transgender and questioning and whatever curious so anyway (laughs) so she doesn't speak for everybody she does not speak for everyone and to me at the very least what she could have done because uh the the homophobia that was coming from kevin hart was directed i feel like at the time because before his before he went more mainstream was directed at the black community and so the idea that she wouldn't call in someone like a billy porter who was an out gay uh uh black actor uh and have some uh some gay black men talk about their experiences and talk with kevin hart and have an exchange or something uh that wasn't done it was just him talking to ellen for you know uh for an hour then and that wasn't even all they didn't even talk about it that long so it was just like yeah no dice not cool ellen not cool kevin but, hart. but ellen is not uh barbara walters so i wouldn't have expected any type of uh you know Let's let's have a panel of uh, gay black men or gay men and how they and then talk to Kevin. I would not have expected that. She is a game show host and a talk show host. That's all about and fun and entertainment. That's yeah, not but her but MO. but but at the very least, don't call people out a problem with this man talking about you know uh, beating potentially gay children to make them not be gay. Don't have him on there and say the people that have a problem with him saying those things are haters and trolls damn it don't get involved i don't understand why she took her happy behind uh into the uh, to the whole journey of this oh, nonsense because, because, anyway. she's, because she feels like she's friends with him and then also she said and that, so that, and also she said that he that that you know that she wants him to host it's just like i don't care and she she said she, she basically says that to the academy on television i don't care that she wanted him to host the only good thing that came out of this is that he didn't host because honestly even without the scandal i don't think he would have been a good host anyway no he, you know what is it wrong that i was happy 
in a way that this happened because I didn't want him to host. No, it is not wrong. He would and not I have been ha- a good host. I'm just as happy as you are, if not more so, because I'm sorry, he wears thin very quickly. So the idea of him for three hours, three plus hours, doing his his very, very tired his Amos stick. and Andy routine. I'm sorry. He to me boils down to coonery and buffoonery. And I don't want that hosting the 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 uh, entire what is it, Oscars. Not any more than I want. What's her name? I don't you know, know who you're gonna say. Yeah, who's the other? Um, um, oh, are, oh, are you th- are you thinking of um, what is her name? Um, Eritrean. She's half Eritrean. I know you. I know. You, I can't um, remember her name to save save my life. Right. Why now. can't I remember? She's hot now. Uh, Tiffany Haddish. Yes. Okay. I would not have been like cool with that either. Um, not that she. Okay. I just have a different sense of humor. Let me let me put that on on something. There are some things that are universally funny to to me. They are not universally funny. They have a very specific audience, and you need people that are universally funny. And that's not to say that Ellen is universally universally funny. That any of these other people hosting the Oscars are not at all. Um, they have a very specific uh, taste as well or flavor as well. But they, those two, are very specific in terms of their audience. And I don't think Kevin Hart would have been a good Oscars host. What he's oh, going to do, not, the same yeah, short not, jokes? And- yeah, not yeah, not at all. I think a lot of it was just trying, still trying to combat that whole Oscars so white thing. But there are a lot of other people that would have been much better. In fact, Lord, yes. oh my God. So, oh my God. Robin Thede. There's so many other people. I would have loved Robin Thede exactly so there are there are a lot of people that would have been much better choices and then the idea that when they couldn't get him now there's not gonna, they're not going to have any oscar hosts they're just going to have a bunch of different people coming out and and i guess maybe that'll make the show go faster if they don't actually have a host Good. Uh, i don't need a host anything to speed up the whole proceedings but anyway we wasted enough time on this man let's let's go to the next story okay on from one short person to another short person mark lawrence <laughs> and will smith are reuniting to start filming bad boys three and it's about to be according to entertainment weekly crazy what the hell entertainment weekly (laughs) (laughs) oh oh, is that a line from the film i think it's a again it's been so long since the last one we can't if that's one of the catchphrases we do not recall so (laughs) so. what is up with it's been over 15 years since they did bad boys 2 so, and at 24 years since Bad Boys, the first Bad Boys. So my thing is, when you're and, doing and, and these... At this, at, at this point, aren't they bad men? I mean, really? Are, exactly. Are they, bad, are they still bad boys? Bad seniors? I mean... <laughs> oh, that's not cool. <laughs> Come on, 20, 24 years later, let's tell the truth. No, honestly, they're like in their 50s now. Now, that's not old, but... In relationship to where they were when they were doing Bad Boys, you know, the knees don't bend as well anymore. The back starts to hurt. Well, I'm, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't steal a line from, uh, what's, the name of the, what's the name of the movie with Mel Gibson and Donald Glover? Um, there was a series of them. Um, it's a TV show right now. It's, um, it's, oh my God, I can't remember the name of it. You got me, brother. 
lethal weapon. Ah, lethal weapon. weapon. Lethal yeah, weapon. Yeah. yeah so, uh, the, but what he kept saying was, "I'm getting too old for this." Shh, you know. So that I, I would not be surprised if, if, if when they're when they're chasing some bad guy through some alley, one of them is gonna basically be huffing and puffing and saying, "I'm getting too old for this." Shh. Yeah. So okay, we get it's the script writes itself badly. But anyway, um, <laughs> so if you're looking forward to that, you're not me. But anyway, <laughs> so what else is coming up? Jackie? So there's this- another. There's another long-awaited sequel yet another long-awaited sequel which i'll put my feelings in this after so hustle and flow creator and helmer not well i don't know if he's the creator but i think he directed it helmer craig brewer sorry craig brewer is um supposed to direct the coming to america sequel he's working with eddie murphy on um right now on a netflix movie called lord have mercy dolomite is my name Oh wow, that's that's gonna be again another uplifting of the <laughs> of the people. <laughs> just and, <laughs> you, and no, exactly. starring Kevin Hart. No. <laughs> oh my gosh, why do I feel like I have to be apologetic right now? The black community sincerely apologizes. <laughs> Oh, see, I hate when people put me in this thing where I have to be apologetic. Do right, folks. Do right. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, he's starring in Dolomite Is My Name on Netflix. Won't be watching that one, probably. And uh, Paramount is actually behind this project. And Eddie Murphy is returning as Prince Akeem, who traveled from his wealthy uh, African country of Zamunda, as you remember, two queens in order to escape an arranged marriage. Now, I don't know if you know this, but I can watch Coming to America every week and not get tired of it. That is like my favorite cult classic. Wow, I did not know that about you. Yes, I love Coming. I mean, I, stuff is just as funny to me as it was when it first came out. And, you know, that's 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 rare. So I love Coming to America, hence why I'm like, you better not mess this up. So Blackish creator Kenya Barris um, actually wrote the most recent draft of the sequel, and it could it would see Akeem learning about a long lost son and returning to America to meet the his unlikely heir to the throne of Zamunda. Now you since you've seen you know this, love this movie so much. Did do is is there a scene where he has sex with somebody other than his uh, soon to be fiance that he takes back to Zamunda? Is there is there some woman that he hooks up with? While he doesn't he's in have America? sex in this movie at all, from what I've seen. That would be his trusted uh, companion, Semi. Okay, that wow. does it. So I, I, th- I, th- th- I thought that would be really perfect if there was a scene where he was with some other woman, and then they could basically say that oh, the, the unbeknownst to him, she had a, a, a his child. That would be interesting. But okay, so they're just they're completely just rewriting whatever happened in in the first movie and saying that oh, by the way, w- there was a scene that you didn't see when he met with another woman and got her pregnant, and now he's back looking for this kid. Now here's the thing. His, his father did when he was going to leave Zamunda, he said he was going to find his bride. And he said when he wanted to travel abroad, his father said, who, who, James Earl Jones said, you want to sow your royal oats, do you? So there's that reference. So, But there was no reference or hinting at that he ever did sow royal oats while he was in Queens. So I don't know. So I don't know who else um, is going to be. We I haven't heard any news of Arsenio Hall being in. We need Arsenio Hall back. 
Oh, well, there's no way Arsenio Hall is going to be like, what else is he doing? So, yeah, he'll be <laughs> You know what? You are, <laughs> you are just rude. <laughs> just rude. Okay, I wonder if Arsenio is going to be able to be free to be in it. We'll have to wait and see. Anyway. <laughs> I mean, let's, well, let's be real. This, this would be a welcome thing for both, well, for everybody involved. Because if we look at um, most of the people from... Uh, coming to america what is really big going on with them now i don't know sherry headley okay yeah um all right yeah. so yes they'll get they yeah well, everybody needs a check so yeah yeah so <laughs> it's gonna including happen. eddie murphy i haven't laughed at anything he's done in a while so okay yeah i mean so um speaking of uh movie re- uh uh sequels let's talk about a reboot yes all right so there is going to be a there's a, a reboot of Charlie's Angels that's happening, and guess who is in talks to join the cast? Who Tachi is going to be a potential angel? Lupita Nyong'o. No, the friggin' way! Yes. I am all about it. First of all, honestly, the idea uh, yet another Charlie's Angels reboot. I don't know how many other times are we going to bring back Charlie's Angels. We had the original series. Mm-hmm. Then we had uh, a potential like uh, Angels 88 during the writer's yes. strike back in the day they're going to they were going to do when it's going to be four girls. Then they actually had uh, uh, a uh, the the Charlie's Angels movies with Drew Barrymore and Cameron Diaz and and Lucy Liu, uh, yes. and my my girl Drew, anyway, um, <laughs> Cameron D and Destiny. Anyway, I hated that song for some reason. I hated that song. I don't care that it was Dusty's Child. It was so corny. So stupid. Well, I, can, I can still remember that little rap part. Anyway, um, <laughs> Lucy Lou, <laughs> my girl Drew, my girl Drew, <laughs> Cameron, D Cameron, and D, Cameron D and Destiny, Charlie's. I hated that. I was like, why do people like this? I don't, and Beehive, you can come after me. It was stupid. Yeah, and I, I had no. I love Destiny's Child and all things that Beyonce has ever done or touched. Anyway, <laughs> this, is, uh, this is a lie that rained down <laughs> from the heavens for real. Just leave me alone. Anyway, <laughs> anyway. So okay, there are two other people that are are rumored to be in talks to complete the trio: Kristen Stewart from Tro- Twilight and Naomi Scott from The Power Rangers. Well, well, first of all, Kristen Stewart is like personality plus, so great. It's gonna be interesting to see her in it. Um. But uh, anyway, oh, one other thing. But they, but what's funny is they just did a reboot, a rebooted of the TV show version of it, literally a couple of years ago. Yes, and is. it got canceled with a quickness. So it's funny that we're trying to do it yet again as a movie. But I have to admit, with Lupita Nyong'o in the mix, I may have to give it a shot. Absolutely, because the woman can actually act. Yeah, I, I just I, let's just let's keep our fingers crossed that the talks with Kristen Stewart fall through. Please make a lot of demands, Kristen. Make a lot of demands. No, no, no. But I mean, they're the trio is, would be those three. No, I'm, that's why I'm saying I hope that things fall through with Kristen Stewart, and I have to find somebody who actually has a personality to be in oh, the movie. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, so let's hope that doesn't work out for her. That, that is very evil of you, Kevin. The views I'm expressed a- by Kevin <laughs> <laughs> I'm not wishing that she hit, get hit by a bus. I'm just hoping that she's in she's in some other film that I have no interest in seeing. Well, vampires have to eat too now. <laughs> wait, wasn't she? Wait, did, you know what? I never did see the whole. I never saw the all of the movies. So I know, does she become a vampire in the end or something? Yeah, I think she became one of them. Oh, all right. Well, we, the funny thing is, with all the with the with the with the zero personality and those dead eyes, she could have been a vampire from Jump Street. So huh? <laughs> twenty one <laughs> Jump Street. <laughs> okay, what's okay. next? Um, so if you haven't heard, Netflix is being sued. What? Netflix is being sued. <laughs> <laughs> We are not high while doing this show. I know it doesn't seem like we are, aren't, but we are. We are not. We're not. We're not on drugs. Go ahead, Tachi. And that that flub right there made it seem double. I like know. I, 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 it made it even worse. <laughs> I, no, one, no pl- please edit that out. Anyway. <laughs> and you know I will not. You know will not. It, <laughs> I, I, I ask every week and she nothing, every, it all stays in. It all stays anyway, in. So, uh, what are they being sued for, Tachi? Okay, so you know the show Black Mirror on next Netflix, and they made this big deal out of the fact that they were doing an episode where you were going to be able to choose the way things went. So they called it a choose-your-own-adventure. Well, they are being sued for trademark infringement. So Choose Co. LLC is the children's book publisher that owns the trademark to Choose Your Own Adventure. They're the ones who have filed against Netflix over Black Mirror Bandersnatch. That name sounds terrible. (laughs) I don't know what you're even inferring, Tachi. Let's continue. It just doesn't sound nice. Anyway. Let's continue. Anyway, (laughs) yeah, they're being sued. Yeah, so according to a complaint filed in a Vermont federal court on uh, Friday, Chusco has been using the mark since the 1980s, and they sold more than 265 million copies of their Choose Your Own Adventure books. I was an avid reader of Choose Your Own Adventure books. Were you, Kevin? No. Oh, my goodness. So if you didn't know, I, I love reading. And when I was younger, I loved reading anymore, I, even more. I had to go to the library at, every weekend and refill because I would get 12 books each time, but I would be done by the weekend. So because I could read a whole book, like a 200 something page book in one day. So what you're saying is, for you, reading was fundamental? It really was. And some other people need to make reading fundamental, too. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Ouch. Okay. Because there's an awful lot of fools out who don't read. All right. But anyway, so, uh, well, the funny thing about the choose your own adventure thing, I actually uh, looked online to see how many possible, you know, endings in different versions of the thing. To see all of the scenes for this, nine plus hours that's how much content there is and different versions of it you can see because that's what you have to do if you've ever read a choose adventure book you're like it gives you a choice at the end it's like if you want to take the amulet and go down the path go uh, go to page such and such if you'd rather stay on the path you're on 
go to page such and such. Now, here's the thing. The catch is that if you don't do it the right way, you'll get to a point that says the end, which means you got killed or something like that. So I guess this is the same uh, type of thing. So the plaintiff, which is Chusco LLC, says that 20th Century Fox currently holds an options contract to develop an interactive series based on Choose Your Own Adventure, and that beginning in 2016, Netflix actively pursued a license. So Chusco and Netflix were in extensive no negotiations for a number of years, but Netflix did not get a license. Oh, actually, so this is even worse. They, they're 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 dead to rights going down because they not only did they try to make a deal with them they did make the deal and then just did it anyway just used exactly it anyway. exactly like well we're just gonna do it anyway but then see how how bro how much bravado is that netflix that you don't care to the tune of we're just gonna do it anyway so well, basically that's how much money they have because they, they, they feel like if they do sue us we'll just pay them exactly exactly and you know the damage is done because people already liked it they've already watched it so they don't care they've made their money off of it so Chusco is also alleging that netflix is benefiting from an association with their brand and that black mirror bandersnatch um has been widely discussed in the press as being connected to the phrase choose your own adventure and i can see that People don't read anymore, particularly not children. And so, you know, they're seeing that they see, oh, choose your own adventure. This is something new. No, which this has been around <laughs> since the 80s. <laughs> yeah, no, they're definitely they are most definitely going down. And it's definitely shown that the choose your own adventure thing is definitely going on to adult stories as well. So they're going to be making tons of money. Not only the money they're going to make from this lawsuit from because uh, they're they have them dead to literally they could give me a briefcase. I could walk into court and win this case against Netflix. <laughs> oh, but, but here's what's going to happen. It's going to be settled because Daimler Chrysler tried this ish before where they use choose your own adventure slogan for their jeeps they sued and the case was later settled so what's probably going to happen is netflix will settle this exactly so it's 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 going to be over as quickly as it started but there's more going on at netflix besides this vander uh vandersnatch stuff what's going what else is going on as much as i don't want to talk about this we need to talk about <laughs> this. we need to talk yes so have you seen the movie bird box oh my god yes what did you think? Oh, you haven't seen Bird Box? No, it's not my type of thing. Oh my God, Tachi, you need to see Bird Box. I can't believe, I think you're the last person in, in uh, I was going to say in the United States, but no, on the planet Earth who hasn't seen Bird Box. It was actually, first of all, I am all about Sandra Bullock. Just so if, if she's in something, I have to watch it. It's just, there's just no, if you know what, you know how much I like her? If she was in a movie with Kristen Stewart. I would still watch it. <laughs> That's saying a lot. Oh, did I mention that Kevin Hart has a cameo in it? I'm still going to watch it if it's starring Sandra Bullock. That's some powerful stuff. It's powerful. No, it's a it's an incredible movie. And also, if you find if once you find out who also is in this movie with her, one gentleman in particular, he would be a another future possible imaginary husband of yours if you got got to see a couple of scenes with him. It would have be, to be good for me to sit through this. You would be all about it, Tachi. I, I don't know. That just didn't seem like my cup of tea. 
but I've, you know, I heard both ways. I've heard that it's not a good movie. I've heard it's really good. I've heard, yeah. So in any case, this is on Netflix. It actually was the first, not the first, in its first week, it made $26 million. That was, uh, sorry, it had 26 million, million viewers. Vi- I was going to say I like, like dollars. Okay, yeah, views. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. It had 26 million views, which is just short of what Stranger Things uh, did, just a little bit short of Stranger Things. And if you think about it, Stranger Things is a series that has had time to grow wings. So the fact that they did this much in one week is a big deal. So, oh, and, uh, and not only that, yeah, the, the, this crazy uh, bird box challenge, what's going on yeah, with that? Because okay. there's a new development, strangely enough, after all this time. Well, okay, we'll talk about the new development because I was going to talk about something uh, old in terms of the challenge. Oh, go ahead. Okay, so with the um, in terms of these uh, bird box challenge, uh, the bird box challenges, of course, anytime anybody does something, monkey see, monkey do. So they they walk around with blindfolds because what happens is in the movie, apparently, whatever you see or think about becomes your worst nightmare. Is that the is that the um? Yeah, they basically you have to if you if you actually look at these these things that we're not sure if they're aliens or if they're some kind of demon that it basically makes people commit suicide uh, because they see something hurt their worst nightmare or whatever and so the people had to wear a blindfold and they can't get you if you can't see it and so people have been doing this bird box challenge where they're trying to do different things while blindfolded which is absolute insanity and the new thing I was going to talk about that just happened was apparently just literally I guess today some idiot got into like a really bad car crash. Oh the trying- car crash yeah, trying to drive while blindfolded. I, I'm like, seriously? I saw that. I saw that. And I was like, somebody sent that to me. And you you don't wish ill on people. But I was like, good for him, idiot. Why would you do that? <laughs> well, my, see, my fear isn't for him, honestly, because I feel like, you know what? His, his departing would, uh, you know, help and uh, better the gene pool. But... He's in a car. He could hit somebody, anybody. So that is my fear that he would actually, these people that are doing stuff like this would actually hurt someone else in the process. People have actually blindfolded their children, having their children, because the, there's kids in the movie that, that Sandra Bullock is trying to basically keep safe. And so it's like, yeah, that's a movie. This is not happening now. Don't don't blindfold your kids and put them in a boat and try and go through rapids. This, <laughs> this, is, this, this is insanity. Yeah, some would, I, I think we talked about this, where there was this guy he, and you know they blindfolded the kids and walked his toddler into a damn wall doing this i just i don't understand people and so yeah it's absolute insanity and the movie has been out for for almost a month or close to a month now and people are still doing this i mean this car crash thing just happened so okay enough with the challenge netflix even released a statement saying please don't be you know don't you know die imitating this movie essentially should 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 you should a whole entity have to put out a warning to whole grown adults not to do see i don't like stupidity that type of thing gets and then here you have people trying to profit off of the stupidity as well so there are so many restaurants for example there's a restaurant in atlanta that's hosting a bird box dinner okay so they're going off of the juggernaut that this film is and it's uh called guac e margie's it's a taco and margarita joint, and they're doing this bird box dinner in a couple of weeks, actually. And you wear a blindfold, and if you 
get you the tickets get you get two tacos a dip and a margarita of the eatery's choice and if you guess what kind of tacos and margaritas you were served you get a free cookie for dessert wait you get a free not your, your meal isn't free you get a free cookie wow that's pretty sad oh i can guess before i even go there i'm guessing since it's a bird box challenge it's a chicken taco Mm. yeah wow what a lame no i could actually see in a fine dining kind of atmosphere being blindfolded how that would really awaken the other senses your sense of taste your sense of smell your sense of touch could be interesting to have a dinner that way uh or something like that but yeah at a taco place and the and the, you could get a free cookie out of it yeah i could i'll put a blindfold and eat at home Thank you very much. Exactly. I, I could totally see that like in a fine dining situation where it's an experience. You know how they have like these Airbnb experiences and different types of things. Where Cultural you... appropriation. Wait, go ahead. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> where you get, where you, uh, where this is an experience and it's a certain number of people. And there's certain, of course, please do your due diligence because if you're serving shrimp tacos or crab tacos to people and they are allergic to, to fish or shellfish, that's going to be a problem. So, so I'm hoping they do their due diligence when it comes to that. But I'm like a taco place that could be problematic. Oh, so, yeah, very much so. Absolutely. So, OK, let's not give these idiots any more time. No, no. All right. So there's something that you are very excited about in terms of a premiere of a show and a date. Oh, oh yes, okay, that, that yes, uh, it was uh, finally, there's been a, a, a date given to us for the final season of HBO's Game of Thrones. So apparently, winter is coming this spring, and it's April, I don't have it in front of me right now, but I think it's the 14th, or is it the 16th? Do you have it in front of you? Uh, it is the 14th. The 14th, so April 14th, we get fine the final, the last, literally, I think it's something like six episodes. Uh, I am very bitter that it's so little, but we're getting it, and I cannot wait. And for your sake, I hope it's good, because you all oh, it be, be it so better upset be. if this is not good. Oh, they will, HBO will not hear the end of it. <laughs> Especially from you. <laughs> All right, what's our final story? Um, I don't know that we have a final story. I thought that was our final story. I thought we were going to talk about R. Kelly surviving R. Kelly. Oh, yeah, I was trying to get you not to talk about it. Okay, but let's do that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Tachi, you can survive talking about R. Kelly for like five more minutes. Okay. <laughs> well, wasn't there something that just happened over the weekend that I thought that, w that was worth talking about? Wasn't there some kind of dust-up uh, during uh, some protest in front of his recording studio or something? I think so. You know more than me. All right. Well, you know what? I guess it is our last <laughs> uh, I don't. Well, let me ask you this. Did you see Surviving R. Kelly? You know what? I did not see it, but I did record because they had a marathon of it the other day. Oh and so God. what I did was I recorded a few episodes because honestly, there are a couple of questions that I have that I still don't understand. I mean, because if you were alive or had the access to the Internet, um, you probably saw that there was a video of R. Kelly having sex with what looks to be a very young teen girl, like 13 or 14. And so... I don't understand how he isn't in jail for 
child pornography slash having sex with a minor for that let alone secretly uh marrying Aaliyah when she was 14 i don't understand how he's not in jail for that so all these uh, reports of all these women that have been been held captive or brainwashed or abused or whatever by him for all these years i have no idea so what i recorded they each each episode is divided into different parts of his life and different parts of the scandal so i recorded the episode that talks about the whole Aaliyah marriage like how the hell does that happen where can you get married at 14 but my guess is someplace in the deep south i love our i love our fans in the <laughs> south though you guys are the best uh, <laughs> i just love you guys bless your hearts anyway oh, and then <laughs> so i recorded that and then I recorded the thing about the whole his uh, child uh, pornography trial. I wanted to see exactly how did he weasel, what kind of Johnny Cochran magic did they pull to get, they have a video of him. <laughs> how is he not in jail? Man, Huey on the boondocks was trying to tell us years ago. Yeah, so anyway, so uh, what's been interesting in the in the last week or so since this uh, came out, there have been a lot of people that have come forward, and uh, I just read today that uh, uh, Celine Dion had some kind of a, a, a song that she did with him or was written by him that she has removed from streaming as of today. Lady Gaga last week removed the, the, the song she did with him. And I will, you know what's funny? People are coming to Lady Gaga's defense. I am not one of them because she did that duet with him not very long ago and we already knew what the deal was with r kelly when she did that duet with him what rock was lady gaga under that she didn't know about the video of him and that girl no all of them let me tell you and i i don't want to get political whatever but black women don't matter to people if this had been anybody else if they had been non-melanated women there would have been all sorts of uprising and uproar but because they were just regular melanated women black in particular we we don't matter well i don't want to just call out uh, lady gaga no i'm calling all of them out no no no, 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 i'm I'm, I'm talking about no i'm talking about me because i I, because i stopped i mentioned lady gaga in particular but i want to make it make it clear to somebody because uh there was also john legend has apparently uh denounced whatever he did with him and uh let's see he was actually in the documentary so yes in the documentary as well and then also i think that uh, uh shockingly there was something said by uh what's his name uh chance the rapper i love how he puts what he does like you know i'm kevin the blogger but any or, or Kev, i'm kevin the podcaster i just thought that was i just love the fact that he just like this is what in case you weren't sure what i do i'm chance you know I, and i'm the rapper anyway <laughs> um, <laughs> but shockingly uh which blew my mind he actually said in an interview with a camera in front of him and everything that well he didn't believe all of the dozens and dozens of women who said they were assaulted by r kelly because they were black i'm like what and also do you have access to a mirror i don't anyway i was just flabbergasted by that statement and the fact that there hasn't been all kinds of heat that has come down on him if only he had said something oh that's nothing beehive you know what when he said he didn't believe black women um beyonce's a black woman get him so okay that should take care of him now uh, the final thing i want to talk about if nothing else is speaking of that particular statement from him uh and in general 
uh, Jada Pinkett Smith released a video asking the question because one of the things that happened since this uh, documentary came out on Lifetime, uh, Surviving R. Kelly, shockingly to some of us, R. Kelly's streaming numbers have gone up on different platforms. And so this really shook Jada Pinkett uh, Smith. And she asked the question, is there a reason? Why exactly? She goes, I don't understand why this is happening. Can you explain it to me out there? And is it because black women don't matter? And so that was very poignant. And it was a, it was a, a question that was asked with much earnest, uh, earnest, earnest feeling, I thought. And, that's all very important. It's a very important question. But the more important thing is, when is Jada Pinkett Smith's skincare line coming out? Because if you've seen this video, this woman has never looked more radiant. And so as I'm, as I'm watching her pour her heart out about black women being ignored, all I can think is, now, now what moisturizer are you using? Is it some kind of face wash? And where can I get it? How shallow are you, sir? <laughs> she looked incredible. She did look good. I, I will say that because I was like, when you told me, I was like, that's the only thing you took away from this? <laughs> that the light was amazing and she was glowing? That's all you took away from it? And then I watched the video. I said, oh, well, it is painfully obvious that she uses an illuminating moisturizer. <laughs> You know what? She was illuminating her own face as well as our minds. Yes, indeed, indeed. <laughs> well, I, I guess we've come to the end of another show. Isn't that nice? Well, our first. This is our first new show of 2019. It is the first new show of 2019, and it was loads and loads and loads of fun. Thank you once again, Kevin. You know I always enjoy this. Oh, you know I do, too. I have missed you so much over our winter break. I know, I know. But, you know, sometimes you need a break to refresh and recharge, and then we're back at it to to bring even more media and entertainment and film news to our fans. Oh, my God. We have so many great things planned for 2019, so I hope you guys will all stick with us. We can't wait. We can't. And I can't wait till I know what they are, because I have no idea what he's talking about. Anyway... <laughs> 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 oh, so, <my. laughs> in any case um, shall I tell them where they can yeah. listen to us <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs> so if you are interested which why wouldn't you be you can listen to us on several different platforms pick your favorite podcasting app it could be iTunes slash uh, Apple Apple Podcasts. It could be Google Play, Stitcher. It could be SoundCloud. It could be iTunes, not iTunes, TuneIn Radio. I always get say that because they're so similar. TuneIn Radio. Uh, you could also listen to us on TVChanneling.com. And guess what? We're also live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on WJMSRadio.com. So if you want to hear it live and alive, that didn't make any sense. You can tune in to WJMSRadio.com on Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern. 
But you may want to also get at us on, you know, talk to us on a platform. Maybe send us an email or something. How can they do that, Kevin? All right, Tachi. They can get in touch with us all kinds of ways. We're everywhere on social media. You can get to us on the gram, Insta. You can get to us on Facebook. You can get to us on Snapchat. And my personal favorite, Twitter. So if there is a show you'd like us to review, if there is anything going on in pop culture that you want to hear our take on, let us know. And if you want to uh, actually send in an audio question, you can send it to us via email um, at TV channeling. Uh, wait, TV channeling at gmail.com. Yep. Or you can also uh, do it via Anchor, the podcasting app Anchor. Uh, search for uh, search for TV channeling reruns, and you can leave us an audio question there. And if we pick your audio question, we will play it here on TV channeling and be very happy to answer it. Absolutely, absolutely. And with that, we have to thank you all for coming back, and we wish you a great 2019. You know, hopefully. Always oh, speaking of 2019, oh, you yeah. know what they what they should do to start the year off right? What? Leave a great review. Yes. Of TV channeling and give us five stars. That is going to be the the best way you could possibly start this year off. Honestly, we would really love that. So please, we would love to hear from you. And we definitely want you to leave feedback, a, a good feedback on on these apps, please. And with that, we're going to let you get back to whatever it was you were doing before you were listening to us, because we know you have a lot of things to do, and we're glad that you took time out of your busy schedule to spend it with us. And we'll end the way that we always end in the year 2019. Goodbye from Tachi. And goodbye from Kevin. And remember, if you're watching it in 2019, we're talking about it. Just don't watch it blindfolded. Cheers. (laughs) Bye.